0: Why hello there everyone, and welcome to The Litter Box, where we talk about all the shit. I'm your host, TacCat, and today I want to talk to you about felons and gun ownership. It's a hotly debated subject, and I figured it'd be the perfect subject for the very first episode of The Litter Box. To get things started, let's discuss what a felony is. Felonies aren't just violent crimes. They can be passive crimes that don't actually have any victims. The difference between a felony and a misdemeanor can be fairly small. Almost all misdemeanors can be bumped up to become a felony, but not all felonies can be bumped down to be a misdemeanor. Rapists and pedophiles getting nothing but probation is a different subject for a different time. A determining factor on what turns a misdemeanor into a felony can be one of, but not limited to, the following. If the person has prior convictions, the courts... Or just the judge's attitude towards the crime, and how much damage may have been done to another individual or that individual's property. Those aside, it is important to remember that misdemeanors that have a potential sentence of 24 months or more can affect your eligibility to own firearms, meaning it's not just felons that lose their rights upon conviction. When it comes to felons regaining their rights, I usually see one of three arguments. The first one being, Criminals shouldn't be allowed to own firearms, ever. The second one being, then they shouldn't have gotten caught. And the third one is, so you want a murderer getting their rights back? Let's go ahead and break the first two, so we can start getting to the meat and potatoes of this discussion. Criminals shouldn't be allowed to own firearms, ever. From a moral standpoint, this is just completely wrong. This is the same thing as saying, because my child didn't do their homework yesterday, I will never let them eat cookies as long as they're in my household. Alas, the people who use this argument are absolute pinnacles of being quote, law-abiding, end quote, citizens, and never ever go over that speed limit. Then they shouldn't have gotten caught, is the second one. It's okay to do bad things if you don't get caught, and that's what these people are really trying to say. Now this last one, the last one of so you want a murderer getting their rights back is where the conversations actually start heading somewhere when two level-headed individuals are debating between themselves. The question of, so you want a murderer getting their rights back has a layered and complicated answer to it. Before we get to that answer though, let's talk about the prison systems for a minute. For as long as I can remember, I've been under the impression that the prison system was created to reform individuals to turn them into upstanding citizens and productive members of society. The idea was, they'd do the time for their crime, they'd get out, and they'd get a second chance at life, a second chance to do things right, and all while having their rights restored. If the individual in question was too dangerous to do any of these things, they simply weren't released at all. Today, a majority of society has said that we can fix pedophiles that we can fix rapists, murders, etc., and that they can be turned into safe, productive members of society. So much so that judges are more than happy to give rapists probation or nothing at all, and to release pedophiles two months into their five-year sentence after molesting ten children, due to good behavior. Because of this, I have two answers for you. One will call my personal opinion, and the other will call it my realistic opinion. My personal opinion is that molesters, pedophiles, rapists, and cold-blooded murderers should never see the light of day again. My realistic opinion is that we have so many false reports of rape, so many people being charged with murder due to our bullshit self-defense laws, and on top of that, a majority of society says that the evil individuals can be reformed to be safe, productive members of society that yes, these individuals should have their rights restored entirely. Whether or not they should be forced to go through a probationary phase or not, though, is a different discussion for a different time. Violent criminals aren't the only felons that exist, and that's important to remember. And it isn't just felonies that can make someone ineligible for a carry permit and firearms ownership in general. While we have rapists walking among us, despite all the physical evidence against them, shout out to Brock Turner, we have individuals committing victimless crimes and getting life sentences, Or being forced to register as a sex offender. To start off on the latter, there are a few disclaimers that I have to mention. These crimes are misdemeanors by nature, usually, and the eligibility to own firearms or to get a carry permit can depend on many factors including the state they were in when they were caught, how they were caught, the judge giving the sentence, and whether or not they were slapped with a semi-permanent or permanent protective order. With that said, here's a few that can get you slapped onto the sex offender registry and in turn affect your eligibility to own firearms. Number one. Gotta go? You might be better off not relieving yourself in an alleyway. Public urination can get you slapped onto the sex offender registry. Number two. This doesn't affect most of you listening, but a 16 year old and a 17 year old getting caught having consensual sex can be forced to register as sex offenders. Number three. Feeling in the mood on the long car trip? Well, you may want to refrain from getting groovy in the car. Car sex equals public sex and can get you slammed onto the sex offender registry. Number four, have teenagers? You might want to be monitoring their phones. A 15-year-old girl in Pennsylvania was forced to register onto the sex offender registry in 2008 due to posting nude photos. She was charged with child pornography and as of 2012 she was still being forced to register. With the sexual deviance out of the way, let's talk about those victimless or relatively victimless crimes that can affect your eligibility. The first batch of victimless crimes I want to talk about are the drug charges. Drug crimes are in and of themselves victimless crimes. Possession is a victimless crime, dealing is a victimless crime, and intent to distribute is a victimless crime, and using drugs is by nature a victimless crime. The dealer is selling to willing customers and not hurting anyone by doing so, ergo, it's a victimless crime. Individuals willingly possess the drugs, therefore it's a victimless crime. Drug use is a choice and by default it's a victimless crime. While drug use hasn't gotten anyone a life sentence, at least that I'm aware of, possession and dealing have gotten individuals lifetime sentences, even just for marijuana. Sometimes, these individuals have a clean record as well, and the judge just decided to throw the book at them to make them an example, aka abuse of power. With the lesser felony charges, some individuals can get the charges expunged with a little bit of money and a lenient court. Others aren't as lucky whether they don't have the money to pay to get their rights back, which they shouldn't have to, or the court in question isn't lenient. The gigantic issue, in my opinion, is that these charges aren't only affecting adults. They're affecting teenagers and following them late into adulthood. As of right now, I have 5 or 6 friends who were charged as adults for felony possession at the ages of 16 or 17, and here we are, nearly 10 years later, and they're still ineligible to protect themselves and their families. Honestly, I don't see how someone can be alright with an individual losing their rights before they're able to exercise them and then not being able to get them back even 20 years later in some instances. Before I continue, I want to address the crowd that is undoubtedly irrationally irate about the claims I just made because they've been told by Big Brother, aka their overlords, that drugs are bad, drugs are evil, and that people who use or sell them are evil beings by nature, or that the users are victims of a crime. For those people, I want you to remember something. At one point in this nation's history, the government said the same things about alcohol. Eventually, the government smartened up, though. They thought, hey, we can not only tax this, but we can charge a license for not only making it, but a license for also selling it to consumers, and then, and then, we can also tax the consumers for it. Just like that, alcohol was legalized again. And even though it was legalized, those who refused to abide by such tyrannical rules and were caught were still deemed felons. In today's era, those individuals, even post-legalization, wouldn't have been allowed to own firearms. And, as history always repeats itself, we're starting to see the government taking the same steps with marijuana. The individuals who've received life sentences over it, though, they probably aren't going to get released once it's legalized. How a moral person can see that as okay is, it's beyond me. With the business owners that didn't ask the government for permission and the sexual deviance out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about some relatively abstract felonies that could affect your eligibility to own firearms. For this, I am going to be going down a list I made from the internet, so please try not to fall asleep on me. Number one is getting lost. It might sound funny, but it wasn't too funny for a Colorado man named Bobby Unser in 1996. You see, Mr. Unser was driving a snowmobile when a blizzard hit. He ended up getting lost in a national park, and afterwards he got convicted for operating a snowmobile in a National Forest Wilderness area, which is a felony. Number two is wire fraud. This one's grasping at straws, but technically it's a crime. Have you ever signed up your buddy's Facebook account for a gay lover's group? What about had their account follow a page called I Love Meth? Well, this can be considered wire fraud on your part as you're transmitting fraudulent information over wires. Again, it's kind of grasping at straws, but technically, it's wire fraud. Number three. This is one we've all been guilty of at one point or another, and if you say you aren't, nobody believes you. Copyright infringement. Have you ever not been able to find an old album at the store, or online, but wanted it for that long drive, so you ended up downloading it off Frostwire back in the day? Well, congratulations, you committed a felony. Number 4. Vandalism or Destruction of Federal Property I never saw the appeal of it, but some youths absolutely love running around smashing and egging mailboxes. Ready for the fun part here? Technically, mailboxes are federal property including the ones at the end of your driveways, which makes those actions mentioned felonies. Number 5. This last one affects all the waiters and waitresses out there. Are you reporting your tips to Big Daddy Government, aka the IRS? No? Mm, Felony. You see, there are a lot of non-violent ways one can become a felon and have their eligibility to own firearms come under scrutiny. If you want to see more, all you have to do is Google weird felonies or even weird ways people become sex offenders. Lists upon lists upon lists will come up. And the best part? They're riddled with crimes that don't necessarily have a victim, and mostly all of them are non-violent crimes. I understand not wanting violent criminals to be able to purchase firearms. I get it. But I also strongly disagree that a bar brawl at the age of 21 should make an individual ineligible for the remainder of their lives. The Second Amendment, well, the entire Bill of Rights doesn't say that felons shouldn't have their rights reinstated ever in their lifetime. There's also no mention that individuals should have to pay for the rest of their lives for actions that they took pretty early on. That said, this entire topic of discussion is surrounded by one gigantic underlying issue. The United States has become entirely too lenient on certain crimes and entirely too strict on other crimes. I think we can all agree that a lifetime sentence for marijuana is entirely too much. And I think we can all also agree that Preacher Joe, who molested 15 boys at Bible camp, should never be released, let alone see the light of day again. The things we need to be talking about is why the courts are letting the evil people out early or not locking them up in the first place, yet they're simultaneously keeping 2-bit Timmy locked up for the entire five years of his possession charge and then putting him on probation for an additional year. The system is screwed up. It's prioritizing the wrong things, it's punishing lesser crimes with higher punishments, and worser crimes with lesser punishments. It's asked backwards which is what I hear everyone predominantly saying and agreeing on. If this podcast hasn't gotten you to reconsider or even think about your stance on felons and firearm ownership, I want to leave you off with one question. Should waitress Mwant Ronda never be allowed to own a firearm because she didn't report her tips to the IRS so she could buy her son's shoes? Should she even be being charged with a crime in the first place? If you answered no to either of these questions, then you understand one of the main arguments being used against permanently removing one's inalienable rights just because they have a felony conviction. Well, everyone, that's all I really want to say about felons and firearm ownership. I know this podcast is a relatively short one, but I hate dragging things out longer than they have to be, especially with how busy everyone is these days. If you enjoyed this podcast... Be sure to let me know on social media, <clears throat> Facebook, <clears throat> and to check out my website for more content from yours truly. Also, if you'd like to hear my opinions on anything else, feel free to drop off a recommendation in my inbox. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of The Litter Box, where we talk about all the shit. I'm your host, TacCat, signing off.